You're listening to the Strong Coffee Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Strong Coffee Marketing Podcast. Of course, I got Brian across the table from me, and we got Rodney over here to my right. And today we're going to be asking the real simple question, should I be checking out my competition's website, social media, and content? What can I learn from my competition's website, and what can I kind of borrow and use on my website as well? So let's start off real simple, one of the biggest, most open things out there, social media. How do we kind of check out our competition social media? Should we be checking out our competition social media? And how can we kind of learn and borrow things uh, from their social media and kind of apply them to to ours? I think there's a number of things you can do. Um, I think it's wise to be watching what other people are saying. Um, You know, you can look at what they're posting. Sure, that's great. But I like to look at who they engage with. Um, things like that. So if I if competition was to post something, who thought that was a good post, whether they retweeted it or liked or commented, what did those people say in response to content on social? You know, was it negative? Was it positive? Were they offering suggestions? That's the kind of stuff I like to really look at on social. So it's kind of more of the high level. It's not their like content calendar, what they're posting on Mondays and Tuesdays. It's kind of like what they're retweeting or what they're sharing or who they're talking with and how they're talking with them. Yeah, I think I think that's where I kind of start. I mean, I think in anything, if you get too caught up in what your competitors are doing, you lose focus yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to be aware of you know, a client that we work with, whatever their competitors are doing, I want to know, but it's not going to drive my entire strategy either. Right. It's just kind of like it gives you a little insight. Like Rodney's over here twirling in his chair. I just know he's doing that. Mm -hmm. So I can kind of, you know, maybe twirl a little bit of my chair. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What do you think, Rodney? Well, for me, I kind of wanted to look at the question like um, in another way. Okay. Because sometimes when we're looking at um, anything to do with what the competition is doing or why we want to look at the competition, we need to find out what exactly um, is the motivation behind us asking that question in the first place. What do you mean? Right? So in this case, it's like a way of um, decrypting the underlying motivations behind the question, which is our main question is, should we be looking at our competitors' social media content website for ideas but then you want to look at it at another angle so that you can cover your bases and i kind of flip the question to say what is the true business value for your business to actually watch your competitors online marketing what value does it give you to do so huh. and, and by looking at it that way you have a really really good starting point because you know what you're trying to achieve so you don't waste time looking at posts like what brian said but you look at things that you can actually learn from and help to improve. So you're looking for a little bit more specific things, right? Kind of like, you know, okay, so what can I, how's my competition doing this? And what can I learn from them? Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, pretty much. Because you need to, you you need to know the how, how they're doing it. You need Mm -hmm. to know the why, why are they doing it as well? So, So, uh, so, so in terms of social media, what, what, what kind of value would I be looking at to get from checking out their social media. What am I looking for and what kind of like actions can I take afterwards? You know, social media is interesting because I think it's the one thing where, you know, everybody's still learning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it hasn't been around that long. That's been around right? about 10 years now, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. It's old fashioned at this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Nonsense, Rodney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but no, but I know what you mean. Like, like Snapchat. Exactly. Example. The space is changing and morphing, and 
you, it, it never looks the same twice in a day type of thing, right? There's always a new app or a new platform or a new channel to check out or a new way to do things or, you know, Twitter changes an algorithm or they allow 60-second videos on Instagram now, exactly. right? The whole game changes when something like that comes down the pipe. Yeah, so my first approach is um, I love to read when something happens on social media concerning a business or a brand is going to be out there. Now, I like to look at getting ideas on what not to do. <laughs> that's, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's a, that's, that's why I would look at competitors' uh, social media. Especially if you're looking from a basic level, like customer service. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. You will find some gold there. Like case study examples that never do this on social media. By looking at your competitors, mm-hmm. you can get that. And um, like Brian was saying, through people's comments or however you're going to respond to them, just looking at those things, you're looking at specific things, and it can help you to formulate your own strategy. Well, that's, yeah, that's that's kind of why we're looking at the competition, right? We we want to know who else is in the race behind us. You, you know, we we want to check like Usain Bolt kind of looks over his shoulder and sees see who's behind him on the on the 100 meter dash doesn't he because he's yeah. checking out his competition he's got to run a little bit faster if this guy's creeping up on him right yeah. and you mean exactly. you, you find successes too and you i mean sometimes you see somebody do something amazingly well you think why couldn't we do that how could we work whatever they did into what we do so um it, there's kind of the two sides the looking at what not to do but there's oftentimes you just see something and you go that was really cool i yeah. think it'd be really cool if we could do that how did they do it how, how did, did we they go do about it? doing it um, so that's something that, that I think is important to look at, but definitely the, the other side too, like, you know, sometimes I won't be the first one to try something on social. I'm going to go see if it's being done before and how did it turn out first before yeah. I decide if I'm going to do it. If it's kind of unproven or it's like, yeah, it's a good idea, but is it going to work? Right. But I think something we like to do too on the, on, on the social team is we use a tool called social rank where we can take anybody on Instagram or Twitter and really dive deep into who follows those people so you know a number is a number of if a a competitor's got fifty thousand twitter followers that's great what kind of composition of people or businesses are involved in that fifty thousand? and we can get a pretty good idea like are a lot of them local are they all around the world are a lot of them probably fake or bots or you look at them and go that's I don't think it's a real person yeah. so that's that's something we like to yeah, I think I have every one of them as well uh, an egghead yeah 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 people with egg, eggs as their, yeah. as their profile picture but that's interesting to look at because I think sometimes you get caught up on numbers like look at my competitor and how many people follow them but when you dive deeper sometimes you realize well you know what Half of this is junk anyway, so who really cares? Well, yeah, right? we, yeah, we kind of refer to those as what, uh, or I kind of do anyways, as vanity metrics. Mm-hmm. Because you kind of see, oh man, this th- th- this brand has 10,000 followers. You don't know who they are because who's going to go look through you know, 10,000 followers mm-hmm. and figure it out. But with social rank, you can kind of break them down into categories, see who they are, exactly where they are, which is mm-hmm. super important to actually kind of figure out. And see like almost like a actual social rank to see where these people are actually sitting on their yeah. profiles right and you can look at like when was the last time that their followers actually did something on twitter mm. so you could maybe look and see well half of their followers actually haven't tweeted in the last 14 days so it's like okay well how active is that following as well right, right so there's yeah. a number of different things you can do when we're trying to figure out 
of who it is that we need to target as competitors or you know we use a lot for influencers too like who is a real influencer and what we're trying to do so Mm -hmm. uh, that's on the social side that's that's something else you want to look at too when it comes to content i know you mentioned there you like to see how people use maybe the 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 new trend in social media or how they're using certain types of content to further the engagement because that's really the ultimate goal of social media so how do you or how do we kind of you know dig deep into a competitor's social platform and see and kind of borrow or understand or learn from the content they're sharing I like to see the mix that they use. Do they use a lot of photos, a lot of written, a lot of videos? Mm-hmm. I like to see what kind of engagement happens based on those things. Um, I, I'm always interested too in the kind of content people are creating. Like some of the, are they using some of the new technologies out there? Like you mentioned, 60 seconds on Instagram for right. video. Like who's using that? Who did it really well? Yeah. Who is using Snapchat? How are they doing it? And kind of letting them be kind of the guinea pigs to see what we want to do and then test. But I always find it interesting to see you know, who uses what on the visuals? Are, are there organizations out there that use a ton of photos? How's that working for them? We know visuals are important. Mm-hmm. You know, how many of them use video and that kind of thing? That's what I like to look for. And then you can borrow content ideas. Maybe they wrote a blog post and they shared it. And that's a good starting point to something you could write and carry on the momentum of, you know, they got the idea started and people are kind of interested by it. What if we, we took everything to another level with a blog post and went deeper into whatever they were talking about, too? Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, it's kind of staying within your industry space and being on top of the news and the ongoings of what's happening. You know, that's kind of what we talk about when developing content. You kind of got to be, you know, immersed in that pool of whatever industry you're in to be able to write these blog posts, you know, write the, like, groundbreaking or the hard-hitting things that people are actually going to read and share and remember, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rod, do you sure. have anything to add to the uh, old content debate here? <laughs> old content debate. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I really like looking at um, how people uh, put forward their call to action. Mm. Yeah, because that's a really important part, um, be it um, social content. There has to be something that's, that's driving it, right? And are people interacting with that? It's, it's something that I like to learn because when it comes to a call to action, you know, um, especially with uh, your micro blogging platforms like Twitter, calls to action on there change all the time mm-hmm. based on, you know, what's just happening at the time. It's almost like a trend thing. Like one week it's this and people are responding to this particular thing and the next thing is this. One thing we do know is links do quite well on, you know, um, platforms like Twitter but mm-hmm. that call to action for me that's an important thing just to look at and um, get ideas from that how are they phrasing their words to mm-hmm. get people to actually click on um, you know uh, that that's really interesting I do that quite a like bit that. Yeah. and that kind of leads us into like the website looking at your competitors website not even in just your local market but uh, I, 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 I've been doing some stuff for a client of ours and I've been from everywhere from uh, websites in Nevada to New Mexico San Francisco, stuff like that, just to see, you know, how other copywriters are kind of phrasing certain certain um, activities or certain kind of tourist attractions and, like, how I can kind of use that phrase, use that type of language in some of the work we do as yeah. well. It's always a great idea to kind of look at your competitor's website, you know, to see to kind of see the work they've already put into it and what you can kind of take on the high level from them as well, right? And I like to see how they've developed their brand voice because mm. you might think for this particular client, it would be neat to have maybe a slightly more personal or playful voice, 
but I'd really like to see it in action before I put a whole bunch of time into creating the content and trying to see if it works. Uh -huh. So you go around and you kind of look at what's the voice and tone they use on their web copy or on their social. Would that work for us? What kind of things do they talk about? How do they phrase things? How do they answer questions? And I, I think that's a neat way of, of kind of, you know, testing the waters a bit before you dive all in. Because as you know, as a copywriter, if we say this is the voice we're going to use and halfway through it, the client goes, eh, we're going to change our voice. That's a whole lot of wasted work. Yeah, that's right? a whole lot of wasted <laughs> yeah. time and work yeah. and a lot of research because you kind of position yourself to use that voice and your research is kind of positioned that yeah. way, you know, to grab the phrases and the words and like intermix those keywords and kind of develop those sentences, right? Yeah, you're writing small, but sometimes writing small takes the most amount of time. Mm -hmm, for sure. But when something changes like that, you know, you're, you were once looking right, now you're looking left, and now it's, it's almost a huge position shift, right? Yeah. You got to scrap it all almost and start again. Yeah. And people do notice. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. That. I know something else some of our team on the website do for competitors, looking at competitor websites, is we're always in, in, interested in information architecture mm -hmm. and how they lay out like navigation, for example. How do they drive consumers from whatever page they might be on deeper down the funnel towards purchase or whatever they're doing? But that information architecture is something we look at all the time if we're building a website. Like, how did this company decide what was going to be in their top level nav and i wonder how that works for them and how do they you know on their site map what pages go where and that's really handy because you think about some of the larger companies and how much money they put into um, user experience and information architecture if a client doesn't have that kind of money we can go and look at some of the the you know a big company like disney or disneyland for example how do they lay out their attractions and their services etc I'm guessing they probably put a little bit of money into that. Yeah. So why don't we have a look? So, yeah, so why don't we have a little bit of a look? You can learn something. And that's mm -hmm. what I really like. It's kind of like an a la carte experience. You mm -hmm. take a little bit from Disney. You take a little bit from Universal. You kind of put them together in whatever, you know, Brian's Pizza Shop is this time, right? You know, yeah. how, how you, like, you, you, you kind of... It's almost like a uh, collage in a or sense. Or a buffet. Ooh, a buffet. A buffet of knowledge. <laughs> Online knowledge. <laughs> yeah, because what you're looking for is that wisdom anyway, right? Well, exactly. That's what you want to get. And I think looking at your competitors is good because it um, develops your own way of thinking, of which sometimes it is so easy to get caught up in this tunnel where you just do things the way you do things and you don't look anywhere else. Because that's the way you've always done them. You know right? what? That's great while it works. When it stops working, yeah. it's really hard to get out of that headspace. Mm -hmm. huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So I think competition, we need to be taking a pretty pretty close look at them <laughs> when we're developing our content, our social media, and some of our website copies. Right? It's, it's yeah. free to do. It is very free. It, does, it, it takes a little bit of time, time. but it's <laughs> but it's kind of fun in the same sense, right? Yeah. All right. Well, that was the Strong Coffee Marketing Podcast. Today, we talked about should we be looking at our competition social media? content and website.